Now, normally I, I like to pull together my talks into sort of like some kind of story, uh, a flowing narrative of some kind. Today, we are getting seven reflections on resurrection. Just seven points, uh, but they lead to joy. So hopefully this will be a good time together. Uh, seven reflections on resurrection. Let's kick off. We're in John, John chapter 10, and the first reflection is that the resurrection... Where is that clicker gone? I swear it was there a second ago. Thank you. There it is. All right. We are... It was unexpected. The resurrection was unexpected. When Mary sees the stone rolled away, Mary's first thought is, well, someone's stolen Jesus' dead body. Right? In her mind, Jesus is so dead that his body is just an object now, something people might pick up and take places. You see, this is really interesting. With the gardener, however, when she literally sees Jesus alive, she ends in a confusion, not realizing it's Jesus, ends up asking Jesus where Jesus has put Jesus' body. You see, Jesus told them he'd rise again, but it's the furthest thing from Mary's mind. If you're thinking about what happened on Easter Sunday, the disciples didn't really, really want Jesus to be alive and imagine it. They really, really knew he was dead and didn't believe that he had risen until they saw him. And sometimes even for a little while after they saw him. In Thomas's case, embarrassingly so. Not the details you would make up. First point is... It was unexpected. Second reflection on the resurrection is that it was realist. It was realistic. Did anyone else notice the little competitive thing going on between Peter and John in the whole like getting to the tomb thing? You know, like on, on hearing Mary's news, they run to the tomb. John, John arrives first, mentions it in his book. Just, you know, doesn't go in for some reason. Peter in characteristic fashion um, just barges on in. Um, and then later when John records himself going in, did you notice there he reminded you again? Oh, by the way, this is the disciple who came first. John even insists later on in the verse later that he believed first. It was he who first saw it there and realized, actually, hold on. Now, of course, John didn't actually record this to be competitive. The details are completely unnecessary, though. Like this little push and shove is not necessary to the story. But John's storytelling has these details. In fact, all the Gospels do. These little incidental details with no real explanation for why they're there, except that that's just what happened. The resurrection accounts are realistic. And these are just two of the absolute plethora of details and circumstances that make historians agree. The events of Easter Sunday are an unsolvable riddle unless Jesus rose from the dead. Realistic, second reflection. Third reflection on the resurrection. Recognition. Recognition. Did you notice what Jesus says to Thomas? You see, famously, Thomas doubts Jesus' resurrection. In fact, it's, it's not doubting, it's flat refusal to believe, right? And he mocks his mates who do. Like, he's bitter, dark humour, because he's still upset, but it's, yeah, yeah, when I put my hands in the, in the holes in his hand, when I put my finger in the holes of his hands... And Jesus shows that when he rose from the dead, that his uh, sense of humor was truly raised along with him, and he gently mocks Thomas in return. Here they are, mate. Put your hands in. Now, look, I've had, I've had lots of people tell me, um, and I, or sorry, ask me, will we recognize each other in heaven? Have you ever had that thought, wondered? In the resurrection age, will we know who each other are? Will the memories be there? Some want the answer to be yes, because they want to see their loved ones, but others want it to be no because their life has been so painful and they don't want the memory of that in the new creation. How could it be joyful? 
Like they can't imagine a heaven where we remember the past and recognize people from it and aren't emotionally manipulated by that and hurt by it. Let's have a look here. Jesus obviously remembered Mary. Gloriously and beautifully and lovingly. So the resurrected man remembers. And once she took a moment, Mary recognized the tone of Jesus' voice. Thomas recognized the wounds in his friend's hands and side. People can recognize the resurrected. Sometimes it seems to take a while for for a couple of blokes who are walking along the road to Emmaus. They didn't recognize Jesus. But when they saw him break the bread, and they look at each other and they're like, did you see how he did did that thing Jesus does? You know how he does the thing? It must be him. And then... You see, even gestures, habits of movement of hands, I want to know what that was. Like, I want to know how Jesus did the breaking, that they were like, oh, it's him. In the resurrection age, we'll know. We'll get to see it happen, I'm I'm hoping. We'll recognize people, and they'll recognize us. Some of you will have, or maybe had, aging parents who could no longer recognize you, didn't know who you were. That will come untrue for those in Christ in the resurrection. Now, if you're one of those people who don't want this to be true, though, because you're concerned that your trauma will continue into heaven, please with me consider consider the cross. Consider what happened to Jesus on the cross. It was the worst thing that could happen, but transformed into good by the good God. And I don't just mean, oh, it was a bad thing, but, but, but God brought some good out of the bad thing. No, no, he turned trauma itself into beauty. And you may, you may never have had your hurts healed like that yet by God. It may not, that may not be the process, part of the process where you're up to. But God does that. He can heal your heart. And he starts now. And by the time we hit the new heavens and the new earth, that process will be complete. Because Revelation reminds us that nothing will stop him from wiping every tear from your eye. There will be no sadness there. And the resurrection age will recognize people. But that will be good. Number four, reflection number four. Jesus is still a man. See, the second thing that, to notice about the resurrected Jesus is that he's resurrected as a human. Now, I probably didn't surprise you with that or I didn't think he was going to get resurrected as an alien. But, but it's worth thinking about because he, you, you, you got surprised. There you go. See, heading to heaven didn't stop Jesus being human according to Hebrews. You see, God the Son became one of us to redeem us back to God the Father and he remains one of us to mediate between the two. Did you know that? Uh, Did you know that God took that particular step to care for you? In in Hebrews 7.25, Jesus lives so that we forever will have someone to intercede for us. Someone to go between you and God the Father. Someone so that when you're not sure if God gets it or understands you, or is able to care for you and to get you, or if he would forgive you, Jesus is there between the two of you, making sure that that is so. That, that, that God the Father, you know, you've got God the Father, Son, Spirit, eternally together, arranged for one of their number to become and remain human forever, so that there would always be one of their member who is always on team human. Pleading your case with the Father. Because God the Father wanted you to have that kind of support and that advocacy and that care in his heavenly court. And he's there when you pray even when you know your prayers are completely inadequate. Well, they are adequate because he's there pleading your case. 
number five. Number five, Jesus is still physical. Now, this is both obvious and also not. Jesus was resurrected physically. Now, I'm not sure that Thomas, you know, like it would be kind of interesting if Thomas had been the cheeky type, you know, and it, would Jesus really have let him play the, you know, put the finger in the hole sort of game like that? But, but they were really physical hands. And when he meets his disciples in the next chapter of John, Jesus is starving and demands that they pass him some fish so I can have some breakfast. Now, questionable choice of breakfast foods aside, um, Jesus clearly has a digestive tract still working. He has taste buds. And this tells us that resurrection is physical, which means that our resurrection will be physical too, and it, and it needs to be. Have any of you been to a funeral recently? When was the last time? I know that I need funerals, which is a weird thing to say, but they change me as a person. Now, in the modern West, we don't see death so much, or some of us do, the jobs we have, but, but we need to. Uh, one, of the, one of the wisdom books of the Bible, Ecclesiastes, uh, God tells us, it is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Frustration is better than laughter because a sad face is good for the heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of pleasure. Now, I remember being at the funeral of my friend Scott Hansen. Uh, he died in his 30s. He had uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So uh, he was a man of the most incredible faith. Um, but I remember sitting at his funeral thinking, gee, this better be real. This gospel thing better be true. Because otherwise, what does it matter? It's a joke if the resurrection isn't physical. His body stopped being able to run at age six. Got into the wheelchair and slowly lost every physical ability that it had until he died. Really, when you think about it, it's the same thing that's going to happen to us all. He just had it faster. And if the rubber of this religion doesn't actually hit the road at a point in time, if physical resurrection at some point in the future does not actually occur, and it's worse than pointless, this Bible is a malicious lie. For resurrection is not real, it doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, Muslim, atheist, agnostic, it just doesn't matter because we die. But I've become convinced that it can be hard to get your head and your heart around this actually happening, that Jesus physically got up out of a tomb. That's a thing that happened. Tim Keller is a Presbyterian pastor in New York who has stage four pancreatic cancer. That's a death sentence. And he said this in a little article recently. He's talking about the, what he's learned from going through praying with God in this time. He said, I do think that the great thing about cancer, that's a phrase you don't hear much, is it? The great thing about cancer is that Easter does mean a whole lot more. Because I look at Easter and I say, because of this, I can face anything. In the past, I thought of Easter as a kind of optimistic, upbeat way of thinking about life. Now I see that Easter is a universal solvent. It can eat through any fear, any anger, and despair. I see it as more powerful than ever before. And that's the guarantee. In the resurrection on the last day, just as Jesus has been raised, so will you be raised then, and everyone who's in Christ. Look, maybe for you it's been a long time since you've been able to run. <laughs> but if you're in Christ, you'll run again. 
There'll be the warmth of hugs. Maybe, maybe your mind is not what it used to be and you're just confused all the time. You'll be sharp again. There'll be the taste of food. And your ears, though maybe they don't listen so well as they used to, don't hear so much as they just did, your ears will hear the sound of laughter. See, this is the sixth reflection and it's related. The resurrection is God's yes to creation. Yeah, I love that. I love that picture. That's great. Matter is good. Physicality is good. Sweat is good. Walks along the beach are good. Dare I say it, and, and I'll, I know I'm going to get home for this, collecting shells, even in your retirement, is good. God resurrected the human Jesus. He wasn't transformed into something else. God didn't get rid of his flesh and destroy the weak, unspiritual, fleshly part and upgrade it to a new, new sort of just purely spiritual version. In the resurrection, God sees humanity and says, I'm not giving up on that. That's what I always wanted. People. You guys. Physical humans. Now, it's true that God already gave his yes to you when he created you in a way, but, but things got difficult between us and God, didn't they? Our sin, we ignored him, used his stuff without thanking him for his things. And we broke this world and everything in it. And you might be feeling the brokenness of your physicality at the moment, maybe for some of you. Maybe in your bones, maybe in your brains, maybe in your blood. And maybe you want some relief. Maybe you just like to get away from your body. For some of you, maybe you've come here today even hating your body. All you see is imperfection and ugly and you just don't like it. Well, the message of Easter Sunday is that God does. He's resurrected Jesus in his physicality. In the Lord's Supper, we remembered what happened on Good Friday, that God had to, what God had to go through to redeem us from sin, that he would die a physical death to secure your physical life. It's physical. All right, last one. We're just about there. The last reflection on resurrection, and it's, it's one beautiful result of all of the things that we've talked about, is that the resurrection makes fun possible where it had not been before. Because there's hope. Because someone has taken care of everything. Because someone has secured the future. And when someone else is in charge and takes care of everything and secures the future and makes everything all right, well, they've been the parent for you, haven't they? That's what parents do. And then you can have fun. Then there is joy. John 20, verse 20. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They weren't just joyed. I don't think it's a word, but, but they were overjoyed. Because all their hope had been in this man and they had thought for a minute, maybe death's won. Maybe we were wrong. But no. Look, maybe joy's been a while off for you. But hear God's yes to you tonight. God's commitment to you. Not only life, not only, sorry, not only to death on a cross, but through death into a new resurrection life to be with you forever. That's what resurrection's about and for. Not just a pass grade at the end of at the end of this life, but because God wants to live a life with you forever after it. There is joy now as we look forward to that, knowing he's got us there, and you don't have to stress out to get yourself there. We'll all see Jesus with each other face to face. Uh, like, RJ, like after RJ, uh, we move his house, I imagine we'll have a barbecue. And we'll be overjoyed. It'll be fun. Look, it's Easter Sunday. Christ is risen. Let's celebrate.